Well, um, speaking of kids, you know, most of you know that I have three kids. Uh, my youngest, Bowie Jack, he is two years old. And um, the best way that I can describe Bowie is he's just, he's built differently. Uh, he's already broken his leg twice. Uh, he has several chipped teeth. Uh, most of the time when we're at home, we are following him around hoping that he doesn't injure himself or injure somebody else. But there's one concerning thing about Bowie that, that reigns over all the other concerning things. Uh, he will not stop eating. He doesn't stop eating. I don't think you understand how serious this is. He, he, he will eat and eat and eat everything he gets his hands on. Anybody have a child like this? Yeah. The difference is yours is probably 14, Mine is two. Uh, the other day I walked into the kitchen and this just summarizes him perfectly. I walked into the kitchen and I saw something. I had to get a picture of it and I had to show you this is, this is what I walked into. He's just sitting in the fridge. He's not staged at all. He's sitting in the fridge eating what he can. And you might be wondering, like, why don't you just let the kid eat, you know? We did that one time. Uh, he ate seven donuts. He threw up and then ate three more. <laughs> so he just, he has no boundaries at all. He has no governor whatsoever when it comes to food. And so because of that and a lot of other reasons, when it comes to life in general, Bowie Jack needs help. He needs a guide. He needs a leader. He needs a parent, right? The Bible likes to call this type of person a shepherd. And so I could say, because Bowie is two, he needs a shepherd in his life. But the thing is, Bowie's not alone, is he? Don't we all need a shepherd? I need a shepherd, you need a shepherd. And it may not be food for me, although I could stand to eat less, but there are other things we consume without boundaries that'll make us sick, that'll breed lies and discontentment and irrational fear. I need a shepherd and you need a shepherd to live a better life, to live a healthier life. The good news is in Psalms 23, King David gives God a name and that name is Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Rohi. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that you are with us today and I just ask that you use me uh, to equip and encourage everyone. May we leave here today just better people than when we came in because of your living, breathing word. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so we've been in a series called What's the Point? This is the last week of that series. Next week, we're starting a series on the book of Proverbs that I'm very excited about. But this week we're still in what's the point and we're talking about why are you alive? What is the meaning of your existence, meaning of your life? And if you're here on week one, then you saw me sit right here and remind you, for some it was a reminder, for some it was a revelation that the purpose of your life is to share hope with others. 
that you were given hope by God. He has filled you up and the purpose of our life is to overflow with that hope and make sure that the people around us have that same hope. And hope has a name and its name is Jesus. Now, because we're selfish and we're always asking the question, well, what's in it for us? It is for our benefit that we live this way. Sharing hope is the only way you're gonna find fulfillment, significance, and meaning in life because you're doing what you were created to do. And life just goes better when you live how you were created to live. Now, that's our individual purpose in life. So when you bring this whole deal in, the church, into the picture, then it becomes very evident what is possible through the body of Christ when we're living out those individual purposes because it's not the church's job to do the work. It's not the church's job to do the work and you watch. It's not the church's job to do the work and you join. The church's job is to equip and encourage one another for us to be a community of Jesus followers that's equipping one another to go live out our individual purposes in sharing hope. And so with all of that in mind, it became obvious to us what the vision of this church should be. And let me throw it up one more time. Vision of our church, a community of Jesus followers committed to sharing hope both locally and around the world. So then the question becomes, well, how exactly do we do that? How exactly do we share hope? And here's the bottom line. Bottom line is we share hope by meeting people's needs, by meeting their emotional, their practical and their spiritual needs in the name of Jesus. And so this week I wanna dive into how God meets our spiritual needs by being Jehovah Rohi, Lord the Shepherd. And how you can have a part in meeting people's spiritual needs by being in a healthy community of Jesus followers that is constantly pointing people back to that shepherd. So I wanted to read for you uh, Psalms 23. And you've heard this passage before. Uh, you may have heard it at a funeral. I actually read it at a funeral yesterday. And so a lot of times when we hear this passage, we associate it with death. But today I want you to associate it with life because that's really what it's about. It's about living freely, spiritually freely. And so here we go in Psalms 23, let me read it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close besides me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. Everybody say the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. See, David starts off with this Psalms with a declaration that quite honestly, we should all declare over our lives every morning as soon as our feet hit the floor because it has the power to change our day. The Lord is my shepherd. It's like he's saying, I don't know who your shepherd is, but the Lord, 
He's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, the thing about sheep is sheep know the voice of the shepherd. They listen to the voice of the shepherd. Whatever the shepherd says, the sheep do. Whatever the shepherd says, the sheep pay attention to. And they only have ears for the shepherd. So if anyone else or anything else comes up to them and tries to get their attention, tries to talk to them, call them, yell at them, the sheep won't even acknowledge that outside voice. They won't even lift their head from the grass that they're eating. But the shepherd, when the shepherd calls them, they listen. No one gets the attention of the sheep like the shepherd. Who is your shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd, is what David is saying. Ain't nobody get to talk to me like the shepherd gets to talk to me. So if you walk up to me and you say something different than what the shepherd says to me, then I'm not even gonna lift my head from the grass and pay attention to those words. When I hear something that's a lie, that breeds shame and fear and insecurity, I'm not even giving you my ears because you aren't my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And the shepherd says, I'm enough. I don't know who your shepherd is today. Who are you giving your time and your attention to? Who is your shepherd? Facebook's not my shepherd. Instagram's not my shepherd. The news is not my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He is who I lift my head for, and I trust my shepherd so much. I'm just gonna start declaring that over my life today. The Lord is my shepherd, and the shepherd says I'm loved. The shepherd says I'm worthy. The shepherd says I'm chosen. So if you come at me with anything different, you can shut your mouth because it's not what the shepherd says about me. Shepherd says I'm enough. Some of you might need to just start declaring that over your life because you're giving way too much time and attention to things that are saying the opposite of what the shepherd says about you. How would that change your day? if you started declaring and believing that the Lord is my shepherd. You know, the shepherd, the Lord being my shepherd, it comes with some benefits. Actually, if you read Psalms 23, you'll see that it comes with three benefits. The Lord being my shepherd means he provides, he protects, and he pursues. Provides, protects, pursues, provides, protects, pursues. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me besides peaceful streams. He provides for me. God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. You will never be left wanting when you keep your eyes on the shepherd. You know, the, the interesting thing about, you know, sheep are really dumb. They're real dumb. And that's why God calls us sheep, because he's too nice to call us stupid. So he calls us sheep. And you know, the thing about where these sheep mostly live when David was writing this is, if you go to that land in Israel where they're roaming around, 
you'll notice that the green grass and the water is kind of hard to find. It's rocky, it's dry, it's sandy. And so from the sheep's perspective, when the sheep looks up, what they'll see is they'll see desert and they'll see wilderness. They won't see the green grass and they won't see the water but they trust that the shepherd will provide. So they believe that if they need it, the shepherd will lead them to it. And if he doesn't lead them to it, then they don't need it. That if they need it, he'll lead them to it. If he doesn't lead them to it, then they don't need it. If the sheep only focus on what they don't have, then they're gonna feel like they're lacking. They're gonna feel like they're, they're, they're left wanting. But if they focus on what they do have, the shepherd, then they know they have all that they need because the shepherd always provides. The shepherd always provides. You may be looking at a desert in your life today, but the shepherd always provides. You may be looking at your finances, but the shepherd always provides. You may be looking at the economy or your future, but the shepherd always provides. So keep your eyes fixed on the shepherd. Don't focus on what you don't have. Don't focus on the wilderness around you. Focus on the shepherd, because when you focus on the shepherd, you are never left wanting. You have all that you need. Verse three, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. He protects me. Listen, this is encouraging right here. My God has a rod. You better believe it. My God has a rod that protects me. My God has a rod that fights for me. See, let me show you something. Hey, Chase, throw me that. Staff deal. I got this as a present when I became the pastor here. And sometimes, you, sometimes the shepherd shepherds would have two. They'd have a rod and a staff. Sometimes they'd have a two and one. And this is kind of like a two and one. And this end, the skinny end, that's the staff part. And the staff part was to like guide the sheep and pat the sheep and maybe, maybe pry them out if they got stuck, you know, to make sure that they're going in the right direction. Actually, what they would do is they'd take it like this and they would dig it into the dirt and they would flick the dirt at the sheep to make sure that they were going in the right direction. If one started wandering off, they would flick the dirt in the face of the sheep and the sheep would kind of come back to it. So like next time you think that life is throwing dirt at your face, it might be God just trying to get you back on track. <laughs> you having troubles in your job, you having troubles with your family, maybe it's God trying to nudge you a little bit. So they take this just kind of gently. But here's the fun part. The fun part is I also got a rod. Now listen, this rod isn't for the comforting this rod isn't for the leading. This fat part right here, that's for the fighting. My God has a rod. See, our creator of the universe doesn't just gently 
tap us. Sometimes he needs to pull out the rod. It's to fight off the bandits. It's to fight off the predators. Anything that's attacking the sheep, the shepherd would use this to fight them off. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Can I tell you today that God is fighting on your behalf? Even when you walk through the darkest valley, your God fights for you. When the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, your God fights for you. Come on, somebody. I might be afraid, but my God has a rod. You might come at me with hurtful words, but my God has a rod. You might be out to get me, but my God has a rod. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Why? Because my God, my God carries a rod with him. You better be scared. My father will protect me. You prepare a feast for me, Psalm says. In the presence of my enemies, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Lastly, he pursues me. He pursues me relentlessly, unapologetically. My God pursues me. Luke 15, Jesus tells the story. He says, doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country, talking about the sheep, and go after the lost until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Listen, God is constantly pursuing you. His goodness and unfailing love will pursue you all the days of your life. It doesn't matter how far you've gone, how far away from God you think you are, he is on your tail pursuing you. And when you are ready to be found, he will put you on his shoulders and glad you, gladly take you home. Rejoicing. He ain't angry with you. He's not mad at you. He's not frustrated. He is excited to bring you back to your rightful place. And the greatest thing you can do is surrender to his pursuit. Allow yourself to be found Allow yourself to be put back home because listen, you are way too valuable to stay lost. You're way too valuable to the shepherd to stay lost. He will leave the 99 just for you. He provides, he protects, he pursues. Provides, he protects, he pursues. I think about... Um, when we're talking about spiritual needs and our spiritual needs being met by the shepherd, the question becomes, well, well, how do we play a part in people's spiritual needs getting met? And he answers it in this story of the sheep. He says, then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Look at what the shepherd does. He calls the flock together, come rejoice with me. The greatest way to meet people's spiritual needs is by being a healthy community of Jesus followers that invites others in to rejoice. 
The greatest way to meet people's spiritual needs is by being a healthy community of Jesus followers that invites others in to rejoice. There is so much power in community because we're all lost sometimes. All of us need to be put on the shoulders of our shepherd and brought back home. And you need a community around you that rejoices with you, that grieves with you, that comforts you. That's why I think today is so important with the groups launching. It's more than just something that we're doing. I believe it is the plan of God for us to be in a flock. You need a flock. You need a flock. I told you every week I wanted to show you a video of how I felt like this exemplified in our church. Went with our message so well, so I want to introduce you to my friends Jennifer and Melissa and hear their story. Hi, my name is Jennifer Shepherd, and I am on staff here at Cross Timbers, and this is my friend Melissa, and I have known her for five years now uh, through just uh, being on staff together, working together, becoming friends, and I think part of uh, just our journey in life that brought us to such a close friendship was um, I have a very similar story to hers. For a long time, I was in a marriage where I lived in fear, and I was afraid to speak my opinion or use my voice or disagree, and I basically just wasn't being true to who I am. In August of 2020, right in the middle of COVID, I was undergoing a lot of stress in my marriage and at work. Um, So one night, I was just really down on my knees praying and just like pleading with God. Okay. (laughs) That night, um, I had a dream. It was the most devastating dream um, about my husband and about our marriage. And I woke up the next morning and found out that it was— Literally my worst nightmare come true. Then my whole world turned upside down in that moment. And so the first thing I did was call Jennifer. (laughs) Um, And she was like, where are you? I'm coming to get you. Um, She showed up with another friend from work and just brought me over to the Hope Center. And a, a couple other friends that I worked with also showed up and and they just took care of me and I was like at one point on the floor couldn't even get up because I was falling apart and they just held me and prayed over me and fed me (laughs) Um, and they were just there for me and it was it was everything that I needed in that moment obviously like when you hear you know, what someone's going through. It, if you've been through it, it stirs up, you know, past feelings and emotions and stuff. Um, because I had I had walked through this exact same thing um, like nine years before. You know, when you just see someone hurting that you kind of have like that aha moment of, 
man, you know, like I didn't go through that for nothing, you know? And I think about like, God had me exactly where he needed me to be at the right time because he went before me. He saw everything that was about to happen that was right around the corner when I could only see what was right in front of me. And I was surrounded by the support system that was just like built into my day. I don't think I would be where I am today and I'm completely in a different place. Like I feel like I walked through the valley and now I'm on the top of a mountain looking down going like, that wasn't so bad. If I see a challenge coming, I'm like, bring it, bring it. Because I know now that that's an opportunity for me to grow through the challenges. And I'm looking for like, okay, what what do I need to learn from this? What's the lesson? What's God doing here? Not, oh my gosh, this is so painful. I can't bear it. And I know that I'm going to come out the other side stronger. You need a flock. You need a flock. You need a flock that comforts you, that grieves with you, that rejoices with you. Will you stand with me today? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. God, we are so grateful that you are a good shepherd, that you provide for us, that you protect us, and that you pursue us. God, I pray that we can be that for somebody else today. I pray that you would be working in us, giving us the strength and the desire to do what's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.